Hey, you're listening to the One Two Three Show this afternoon. I'm Karen Co. With you through till three o'clock, and uh, we are about to talk to our next guest, uh, all about relationship conflict. Now, in Hong Kong, we have been sheltering in close quarters, staying at home, social distancing from friends and our normal uh, social group, and. While this is great to be with your partner all the time, uh, sometimes, but when it's not really your choice and uh, you have to stay together many, many more hours than you normally would, conflicts can definitely come up. So we're joined now by Natalie Summer, who's a certified relationship and intimacy coach. She's a speaker and international workshop facilitator as well. And we're going to talk more about relationship conflict. So Natalie, welcome to the program. Hi, Karen. Thanks for having me. It's, I'm excited to be here today. Yes, same. It's great to to talk to you because <laughs> I haven't talked to you for a very long time. So, um, yes, of course, it is a difficult time for many people on on many different levels. Why why mm. are we more prone to relationship conflict right now? Hmm. Well, you know, when we're scared, what do we do? We cling on to something else or to somebody else. So we naturally want to be closer to somebody, and in that moment, it's also because we feel like we want to have a need met. <laughs> yes. Now, when that need is not going to be met, we project. We project maybe fear, anger, frustration, and usually that comes out in a, a way of physically acting. Maybe we draw or we speak it out. We become argumentative because when that fear sits so deeply in us, we just want to maybe experience the comfort or we just want to process it in a certain way and our partner is maybe not giving us what we need in that moment we react. So a lot more people are more prone to conflict. And then there's the other side. We're spending more time with our spouses. Now, initially might be feeling really nice. You're like, oh, yeah, we finally get to spend more time together as a family. Right. But then there's maybe things that you have been ignoring for a while that every now and then maybe come up. But now you have more time together to talk about things and to process. So you know, things that you might have been suppressing for a while might also be coming up because you are spending more time together. There might be different triggers coming up that you might have been ignoring for a long time. So, um, yeah, we're more prone to conflict. And if you just look at Wuhan, um, the divorce rate has been skyrocketing because people have all of a sudden spent too much time together and obviously through fear, more spending time together, conflict has been arising. And, you know, I think when we have... When we, when we do have the right tools and a better understanding of ourselves and our fears and what's going on in the relationship and how certain things make us feel, then it's probably easier to navigate with the, through the current situation. Yeah. I was looking at some of those articles about um, the divorce rate in China, which, which really spiked a lot. In some, um, mm. some lawyers reported an increase of 25% in their caseload. And um, mm. the things that the mostly women who are filing for divorce were, were complaining about were um, too little money, too much screen time, and housework and childcare not evenly split. And I, I suppose mm. this is something that they didn't really realize this until both partners were at home all the time. Um, mm. And it's interesting you say, you know, we we always talk about oh we can't wait to spend time to more time together which we look forward to at holidays or special occasions as a break from the normal routine but when more time to, together becomes the routine why doesn't it always live up to expectations hmm yeah good question well i think it's 
you know, when we spend a lot of time with our partner, naturally what we crave is also novelty and mystery. So when you see your partner day in, day out, which initially you might think will be really nice, but it becomes really comfortable as well. And the novelty and the mystery that we seek fades. Mm. And I feel like what, even though we may might be spending a lot more time together, I think it's using that time also to make a quality time. So instead of just sitting ne- next to each other and just watching Netflix, why not just sit next to each other and just say like, you know what, let's, let's talk about something or let's do some cooking together. And then in other times, you know, maybe you might want to do the work from one side of the apartment and I'll sit over here and do my work on the other side of the apartment. Like it's, it's about also giving each other space. So then, which right now is harder to do because, you know, usually we are a lot more fond of our partner when we miss them. Right. So it's hard to actually miss them yeah, exactly. when they're constantly in your face. And <laughs> I feel like what we need to do is spend quality time or utilize the time that we spend together and just say like, you know what? Now every new evening as of 9 p.m., we're just going to put the phones aside and we'll just either read a book together or we just talk about our day or maybe we just talk about our hopes and dreams and we just spend some quality time doing the things that we like doing and maybe also taking turns you know maybe what you like to do might not necessarily but what your partner might enjoy doing so what would you like to do and you pick this week and the next week i pick or you pick two things this week and i pick two things this week so you know it's about figuring out also again i really feel like it comes back to what your needs are and what what would actually make you feel good and help you to connect to your partner mm. now you mentioned um at the top uh, talking about fears you know that you our fears come out and mm. i think one other thing that maybe has come out is um couples of individuals within a couple are afraid of different things and so maybe one mm. couple is extremely afraid of um, seeing other people and the other member of the couple is like, oh no, I'd still like to see some friends, you know, um, have mm. people over or go and have dinner with, you know, one other couple because we can't have more than four mm-hmm. at a table. How would you yeah. address that if someone, you know, you're addressing someone else's fears if you don't share those fears yourself? Mm, yeah, and another good question. And that seems to be a hot topic right now amongst my relationship couples that I'm coaching. Mm. <laughs> because a few of them are experiencing a lot more fear, a lot more stressors. They want to go into complete isolation. And because their fear is continuing them, they're saying to their partner, well, I don't want you to go to the gym anymore because mm. it's dangerous. I don't want you to go and catch up with friends anymore because that feels dangerous to me. And with that, you know, I, I, well, I feel like we all need to, first of all, take responsibility for our own feelings. So the person that's experiencing fear, deep fear is, well, what can I do to support myself in that fear and not project everything onto my partner, but then also speak to your partner and let them know, by the way, I am really scared and this is what I'm scared of. And I would really like to receive support by you maybe cutting down the gym hours or not going to the gym. And I feel like when we drop the mask and we share more vulnerability about and just saying, don't go, (laughs) don't do this, don't do that. Um, You know, then usually maybe an inner rebel might come out. Well, well, why should I? And I don't understand why I can't. But if you share a deeper vulnerability of what your actual fear is and how you want to be supported, then your partner might be able to be more empathetic and say, okay, well, of course, I don't want you to feel that way. So I'm happy to cut back on the gym or don't go to the gym and work out from home. And 
but then also for them to express, okay, well, but for me to be able to do that, this is what I need. So it, it has to be a two-way street. Mm. And it comes down to supporting each other and also to share openly about what's going on. Now, you may not both people may maybe agree, but that opens up new doorways of finding a solution. Mm, okay. And what about just day-to-day living all day together? I mean, many couples uh, say if one partner usually goes to work, they physically leave the house and they go go to an office and do whatever they do there. And the other partner mm-hmm. who may be at home has their own routine. And, you know, mm-hmm. each of them may feel like, oh, now you're in my space or I don't have any space here at home. How should couples handle that kind of um, setup? Yeah, I think talk about it before, um, sit down, have a conversation and talk about managing expectations. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, what, what, like, for example, for the female to go or for the woman to go and say, well, this is, this is how I've been doing things at home. And this is kind of what I need to continue <laughs> working and works. doing the this is what works and it will be great if we can stick to that and then to also find out maybe you know the partner has been going to work he or she might be like well I don't even know where I fit in here (laughs) where is my place and I feel like a lot of men and you know just women but a lot of men they often you know they 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 don't they wouldn't know well where do I fit in so talking about it this is what i've this is what's been working for me and then also for the other partner say well this is what i would like this is what i need and maybe i need a certain amount of hours during the day where i can just focus on work and then i can be there with you or you know for the other partner say well during this time and this hour it actually would be really nice for you to come in and help help the kids with schoolwork or mm. help me to do something else. And I think, you know, again, letting the other per- person know how you also want to be supported. And I think for women, it's often hard to go and ask for support because we're it's easy for us to multitask yes. and we just not do it. to ask for we help. We just do it all, right? <laughs> we just do it. And then with that, you know, resentment builds up like they're saying, Wuhan, well, we haven't been helping with the kids. But also, have you been expressing how you would like to be helped (laughs) and you know giving clear instructions to say this is what would work and it makes it a lot easier for the person because like okay great this is what will work well let me try to to do that yes it's funny you mentioned that wuhan case again one story which was i read in bloomberg was um this one woman who was so annoyed that her husband um has this habit of engaging their children in play in the evening when they were supposed to be going to bed so as bedtime approaches he would play with them presumably and then go okay now you can put them to bed now that they're wide awake again (laughs) so what about um we don't want to leave out the single people. What what about single mm-hmm. people? Are they also going through a difficult time and, and what's what kind of stresses are they facing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, I think they might be triggered in, you know, feeling really alone or maybe feeling abandoned mm. <laughs> or feeling rejected and you know, uh, yeah, they're going through their own process because that might trigger a whole different set of emotions because they before they could just go and say oh yeah let's go and meet up with some friends at a bar or i'm gonna go and join my volleyball team and spending more time on your own what do we do we often tend to think a lot more too yes (laughs) and we tend to feel a lot more of our emotions so if there's 
maybe been already a sense of loneliness before or feeling alone before, then it can definitely accentuate that feeling. And I guess the beauty with that is it also allows you to then go a bit deeper and go like, well, actually, what can I do for myself? How can I be of support to myself? Because often what we want Whoops, sorry, I lost you there, Natalie. Can you still hear me? Yes, now you're back, you're back. Okay. (laughs) So, yeah, um, so the part about being alone, triggering deeper feelings of maybe feeling loneliness or feeling feeling rejected, I guess it's also a great, and then we are spending more time thinking about it. I think it's also an opportunity to maybe look at some of the things that, we might want to change in the future or just change in the way how we feel. And, you know, it, it's also then about taking really good care of yourself. Mm. And instead of going into negative thought patterns, into instead of doing things that help us to feel taken care of by creating self-care. Mm, yes, great advice. So from, from the stories that you're hearing and, and clients that you're working with, how do you think Hong Kong is faring? Will we come out through this, you know, hopefully not with a spike in divorces? Um, yeah I mean at the end of the day who knows what will happen I don't think anybody really knows but I also feel that there is still an opportunity like right now we do have social media even more so where we can read articles and how to feel supported during this time there's a lot of um, um, great workshops that people can do to help educate themselves and I feel like people, there's a lot of, I mean, local people, they are naturally already very close to their families. Mm. And expats, they're used to already living abroad. So they're used to communicate via via screen or to call family. So I feel like we're still able to have that connection. And um, with the divorce, I don't feel like, you know, I feel like with China, the shutdown was very extreme where, Hong Kong, it's 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 a bit more gentle. That's true. You can yeah. still you can still go out and have a walk. You can if you feel like oh my god things are just getting a bit too intense at home. I'm just gonna go out and take yeah. myself for a walk, <laughs> and I come back. Whereas I feel like in in China they didn't really have that. So I'm also not surprised that divorce cases were a lot higher there. So I don't expect that to be as bad in Hong Kong. Okay. I feel like there's probably going to be a lot of negotiating. Um, and talking about, you know, what the future might be and what that would look like. And that can create stressors. But I also feel that it probably won't be as bad as other places in the world because it is a bit, it, it's people living in Hong Kong and especially expats, they already are used to being away from family. And yeah, as I said, you can still go out for a walk or have, have some time away. Mm, so we have then, we have yeah. kind of some outlets some that we can vent yes. and get away. Yeah, that is important. Absolutely. So, well, Natalie, thanks so much for for talking us through all these issues and helping us understand how we can be more understanding. So, if if anyone out there does need some advice, um, how how could they get some advice from you or, or maybe have some coaching? Yeah, yeah, um, they can just get in touch via my website. So it's my full name, nataliesummer.com. And if they want to do something really fun, I've also created a quiz on my website too. It actually helps you to understand more about the way how you want to experience love and the way how you express your love and also how to be intimate um, in your relationship as well. So that could be a fun thing too for both couples to be doing and that might just set off a complete new set of conversation. 
Great idea. All right, Natalie, take very good care of yourself and thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks, Karen. Thanks for having me. And we've been speaking with Natalie Summer, who's a certified relationship and inter-